Hello and welcome to the Coifcast. We are Ross Williams and Adam Hughes, your hosts. And uh, yeah, what a day. What, what a day this might turn out to be in the history of Casper Tigers Rugby League Football Club. Adam, we've got quite a bit to talk about. Um, a bit. Yeah, it's become, it's become a, a theme of these off-season podcasts where we thought we would have nothing to talk about and we just yeah. start talking about the history of the club and all that kind of stuff. Um, been another busy one, hasn't it? Yeah, they're keeping us uh, busy with topics, which is quite nice and very interesting, I'm sure, for people to listen to our opinions on those. But yes, um, definitely a great day to be a Tigers yeah. fan. Yeah, I think so. Certainly one of the more exciting ones um, I can remember, to be honest. Um, I was thinking on my way home from work today when all kind of all this news broke. The, the original tagline of this podcast when I sat down here seven months ago in front of this mic and just had a bit of a rant, uh, I never really stuck with it, but it was um, you know, something around like you know, the maddest rugby club in the world, and <laughs> this kind of chart in that, and um, I, that was going to be like the theme, and I, I never really stuck with it. Mm. But these seven months have been pretty much an epitome of what, what this club could be, isn't it? In terms of the ups and downs, it's been yeah, definitely one a really negative stuff. episode, one really positive one. It's, it's never <laughs> kind of in between, and this is definitely one of those positive ones. Lots to talk about. Um, we are going to talk about the RFL appeal, uh, which came through today at 5 pm. Uh, for clarity, we are recording this Thursday, the 7th of December, that evening. Um, so we are going to talk about the cast uh, appeal in terms of IMG. Uh, but of course, of course, this episode really is about the introduction of Martin Jepson, uh, the new investor, shareholder, and director of Castle Tigers. And we've got an awful lot to say about that. Um, yeah. How's the how's the heart rate? How's the smile? How are, the, how, oh, how are you? The smile is big. <laughs> Obviously, we the IMG grade, and we'll come on to that. Mixed opinions on that, but we we've covered that in depth before. Obviously, with the episode with Matt Graham when those initially got released, and the we found out that the appeal was going in, taking a little bit longer than we maybe would have liked, mm. but we finally got our answer, sort yeah. of. But yeah, then to follow it up with the Martin Jepson stuff, which sort of broke. Last week, with people finding out finding his names on com- company's house, and yeah. I know the club put out a little bit of a statement, holding statement almost, um, saying something was coming. Yeah, and obviously we got the explanation of why it got kind of put on company's house last week. Obviously, uh, this this evening, but yeah. yeah, it's 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 definitely a it was definitely something that as a club we needed, mm. and I'm sure we've spoke about it just before we started. Never seen so much positivity on social nice. media from Cast fans. <laughs> it's nice to see for once. It's certainly nice to see. Uh, yeah, plenty to get into. Obviously, we're going to get into the the, the weeds of all that uh, very, very shortly. Uh, just before, I do want to give a quick shout out. Um, the Cast of the Tigers Supporters Club are coming up to their 20th year, I believe. Wow. Um, yeah, fair play to everyone involved in that. Obviously, a big part, big part of the fan base. Obviously, done an awful lot. Uh, fundraising things for the club over the years, which is it, which is always great. Uh, their launch event for their 20th year for 2024 uh, is on Tuesday. As we're recording this, I believe that is the 12th uh, of December. Uh, they generally base their operations out of the George Fifth Workingmen's Club. That's where they'll be. Uh, everyone's welcome. I'm told um, you can join for just a tenner uh, for membership for the year, uh, and it should, it should be a great night as they, as they always are. They always get tons of. Um, Current players down there, I believe some of the really big hitters, your Joe Westman, etc., will be up down there uh, on Tuesday. So if you're interested in joining the supporters club, do 
head down on Tuesday. Uh, I'm sure you'll have a good one. Um, let's get into it then. Let's get into the RFL stuff. Let's get into the appeal to Cass's ranking in the uh, indicative grades for 2024. As you said, we, we followed this story closer than anyone, I suppose, in the sense that we were literally there three hours after the original statement, uh, sat at the ground in one of the madder mornings I can remember, to be honest, um, sat there speaking Crazy. to Mark Grattan, who basically then talked uh, talked to us, talked us through his thoughts, what, what he reckoned had happened. Obviously, you all heard that um, on the podcast that uh, that morning. And then 40-odd days later, we get the statement today. And pretty much what he said happened. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's the real gist of it. Um, he told us on the morning that he actually reckoned that rather than 12.16 points, Cass actually should have scored 12.91 points and due to errors on both sides that had just not come through uh, in the press release and therefore we had sat 13th on that initial table. Um, we found out today that is indeed the case. The RFL have confirmed that we would have had 12.91 points on that day. Um, they don't mention the fact we've got 12.91 points oh. in their press release though. They do allude to um in fact i'll read the statement i think the best thing to do is i'll read the rfl statement uh, i won't bother with what cass added to it because that's pretty much what i've just said but here is the statement from the rfl which was released at 5 p.m today casper tigers have been informed that their indicative grading score for 2024 will not be reconsidered and hold the thought that that's what they used as the tweet and the social post yes. it's a crucial part of this conversation just that sentence just that one the club requested an exemption to submit the data capture form, having discovered after their initial submission that it had not contained the correct data. While sympathetic to their position and recognising that the resubmission would lead to an increase in the club's indicative grading score, the RFL board have ruled that it would be unfair to other clubs, several of whom have also sought unsuccessfully to have data submitted after the deadline considered, to make changes after the indicative gradings have been published. And then some spiel about it being a dry run, which is fair enough. Um, so they do admit it. They do admit that we're 12.91. The club in our statement, in our addition to the statement, do put that in black and white because uh, the RFL must have forgot. I don't know. Um, what was your takeaway, kind of hearing that again, obviously reading it for the first time as well? I think the RFL almost put themselves into kind of, back themselves into a corner almost because of how long it took yeah. to kind of get this statement. That statement, realistically, should have come out like three days after the appeal because they haven't come and told us anything that we didn't already know. Hmm. I think most of the fan base had come to the assumption that they would just do this because, at the end of the day, the scores were just basically, as they put it, a dry run. They were yeah. just an indicative score to say where we're at at the end of 2023 heading into the 2024 season, probably to create a little bit of excitement around this new kind of grading system that's coming in a little bit. I will about to say, explain the, the kind of theory behind the scores, but they haven't done that because I don't think there's a fan up and down the country across the M62 corridor that could explain it properly. In There is, but it takes a lot of doing. You've, you've had to read a essays were <laughs> stuff to actually get yeah. it's 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 not an easy system to kind of understand so it was almost expected that they'd just say end of date score is what you've got but they have obviously held their hands up which obviously 
Mark has held his hands up as well from the club standpoint for getting that data wrong. Mm. Obviously, the RFL missed something as well, and that's why we saw our scores lowered very last minute. Yeah, um, I think from initially it was twelve point six six. Yes, uh, where it sat, and then obviously we dropped half a point, but the extra points that we found would have pushed us up as well. Um, so it's it's just not filling anybody with any confidence in this grading system, and I feel like that's been probably the biggest message from our like off season podcast is almost the frustration around the marketing and the communications around this system. Yeah. It's it's not been publicised in the best light because as they've put in there, other clubs have wanted to submit um, appeals or additional data that either the clubs themselves have missed or mm. the RFL have maybe either forgotten about or missed themselves. So there's clearly errors throughout this system, which is probably, if it gets ironed out for when it comes to the end of 2024 and we, we sort of yeah. iron out those issues and get it right, then fair enough. But does it fill you with hope that these issues will be ironed out? Well, that's it, and that's what they'll say, and that is the point of the dry run, and that's why these mistakes happen, and it's the point of these mistakes, in theory, won't happen again. As you say, there's other, they've alluded to other uh, unsuccessful teams in terms of, they, they've asked, um, oh, unsuccessful teams, they've gone in with similar kind of queries, uh, maybe not as publicly as us, but they've gone in with other kind of queries and also been knocked back, so it would be unfair for us to do ours just because we were the, probably the loudest publicly. But yeah, the, the problem with all this is I understand the dry run aspect, but this is complicated. There's nothing the mm-hmm. RFL can say to say this is this stuff isn't complicated because it is. And I think what they need to understand is this is not just a dry run for the clubs and a dry run for themselves. This is a dry run for the fan base, yeah. the rugby league fan base on the whole. So for me, every single aspect needs to be communicated. It really needs to be communicated in a big, bigger way. And the reason is they just probably just don't have the resource for it. And they probably just don't have the know-how oh, in, in their comms team to actually get that out there. But that's a problem. That's a big, big problem. The whole point of Cass appealing this, really, it, it doesn't really matter. On the, Our 2024 score doesn't matter, per se. It doesn't, because our score is going to be very different in 2025, mm. uh, particularly as a result of, obviously, what we're going to talk about in a sec, which is obviously very positive news. The problem was the the PR impact, uh, impact of that day, which is what we talked about at the time. The problem was there was at least three hours, really, because let's be honest, a lot of people just didn't take Cass's initial statement as, <laughs> as anything, really. It probably was, and I'll pat ourselves on the back of this, it probably was until he came on the, on the podcast, to be fair, and that's why he wanted to do it. Yeah, There probably was three, four, five hours of cast fans thinking we're dead <laughs> because it's very difficult to understand the IMG stuff going forward. Probably 10% of fans really, really grasp it, which leaves 90% of fans who probably just looked at it, saw a league table at 13th, saw Casa put a bit of a wishy-washy statement out saying, oh, we've made an error and they've gone, oh my God, it's even worse than that because we've made an error in order to get there and never really putting everything together. And it's just... Yeah, oh, it's just a mess, isn't it? <laughs> it's it is. just I'm trying to formulate it. It's just it's just it a whole mess. It's, and I mean, we spoke about it at length in that 
episode with Mark Grattan, and I know I were quite vocal about having zero faith in it. Yeah. And saying that I've maybe defended it to friends who have asked kind of myself who probably probably me, me and you have looked into it at a damn sight yeah. more than a lot of fans, mainly because we're a bit of rugby league nerds and we've got we a like podcast. To, we like to well, that as well, but <laughs> Before we started this podcast, we knew what we knew somewhat of what was going on. This is true. <laughs> we had looked at it. Yeah, we had looked at that big book. We've may- we've maybe scoffed at it and only skimmed over bits, but we had looked at it. Yeah. But trying to explain this system to a casual fan, yeah, is not not simple. No. In the process that it's in now, and they've not come out with any simplified communications to explain it. No. And then when they've come out with the first scores, dry run or not, there's been obviously ours, which has been quite publicly wrong, errors on both sides, out of fell on the club. Yep. And now we're finding out that there is other teams' yeah. scores that are wrong. So, You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't fill you with confidence, as you said. No. That, was, that was your initial question. It doesn't. And yeah, I, I think. We will move on pretty quick because I don't want to dwell on this too yeah. much. Obviously, there's a very this positive message in this podcast. But I think my my real takeaway is this in particular has been communicated just just weirdly, and it's Strange. like it's just it's just weirdly abrasive towards the club, which I get because I, I think there's an element of that. I think they're miffed. I think ultimately the RFL are miffed that we went so public with it. Uh, I think that's really the, the, what this is. And I, I kind of made a comment about when Rob Hicks on our previous podcast went on Forty Twenty Live, and he didn't say anything wrong, but you could just tell with his kind of demeanor about it. He just wanted rid of it. He didn't want. He was probably frustrated by it. I think the RFL have been frustrated by it because it's probably hard enough for them, admittedly, because they're a very small team and they're having to deal with a very, very large thing. And so they probably don't want this kind of thing. They don't want cast making errors as much as they mend error themselves. But we both work in comms to a certain degree, um, and. Yeah, the fact that this statement reads the way it reads, and as I said at the top, they've used that top line as their social post. I I work a lot and kind of I know I'm very aware as, as you are, kind of click throughs and retentions and all that kind of stuff. A fair few people, I think it was like 38k or something like that. I'd, I'd seen the RFL statement on Twitter. I guarantee 38k have not gone through and clicked it and actually read the statement where they've admitted that Castle's score was different, which is ultimately the only new information we find out in that entire press release is one line. <laughs> and that is saying that actually we we recognise that Castle 12.91. That is the only new information. They don't lead with that in the statement. No, they lead no, with no, we're no. not changing their indicative score because they can't change the indicative score because it's two months since and everyone's score will have changed if they were to do one on the 7th of December. So, of course, they can't do that. Of course, they can't put a fresh lead table out. It's impossible. So, why lead with that? <laughs> why lead with that as the title and just allow your Wigan, your Saints, your Leeds, your Wakefield fans to jump on that and go, ah, silly old Cass? That's what it is. But that's what's happening, isn't it? Well, that's ultimately, what's that's happened. what's happened on Twitter. Because everybody's reveling in the fact that we're still going to be 13th in this table. We're still going to be out of the Super League from their reckoning. Mm next for whenever it comes in and people won't understand it and they're just basking in the fact that we're having a bit of disfortune but it was quite but it was quite interesting then to back <laughs> it up with 
thankfully announcement. Yeah, thankfully they can only revel for about fifteen minutes, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, we, we've criticised the club before many times yeah. in communications, things like that. Quite rightly, um, this was communications done correctly uh, from a from a club perspective. Absolutely, um, if you know there's not bad, but even just middling news coming out about the club that you've got no control over. If you can follow it up with maybe the best news of thirty years, probably should do that. <laughs> probably yeah. should do that, and that's what the club did. It was literally fifteen minutes between the RFL statement because obviously, Cass will have known when RFL were putting that out. Obviously, they were involved in the statement themselves. Um, yeah, within fifteen minutes, they were teasing uh, the possibility. Of course, we knew it was happening anyway. Yeah. Of an investor coming on board, and then at half past five on Thursday, the seventh of December. It was confirmed that Martin Jepson uh, is very much a part of Casper Tigers. There's a picture of him with the shirt and everything, so it's got to have happened. I promise you, it's happened. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, first impressions? It's not really a first impression. We'll talk about what happened last week in a sec, because obviously we've not recorded since. But first impressions of today actually being confirmed and out there. It's only good news, isn't it? It can only be seen as great news. Not only as we, have we got a fresh mind and a very successful businessman taking uh, 32% of the shares in the club, obviously buying shares from both Ian and Janet, as he's confirmed in many, many other interviews yep. um, that I'm sure cast fans have seen and been trawling over and picking to bits on, on social media. Yeah, if, if you're waiting for this podcast in order to learn this news, I mean, we love you, but... Where have you been? Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> obviously, the club have put out, I think, nearly a 10-minute interview. Obviously, JD over at BBC Radio Leeds has put out a big interview as well with, with Martin. Uh, and I believe it was uh, James O'Brien obviously got a written exclusive with him as well. He's got a piece in the Yorkshire Post, yeah. There you go. So there's there's many, many different kind of communications with the man himself. So if, if you want to go and read or listen to what he's got to say, then head over there. But I have to say, listening to him, it only gets you even more excited. He's a guy that speaks with passion and seems to have a very, very sensible head on his shoulders, doesn't he? He does. He does. Um, yeah, he feels like a proper adult in the room, doesn't he? Uh, coming in. I mean, when you, when you think about, and I put that in, in the context of kind of owners that have come in, or not owners, but like investors in the club, in the, um, not into the club, investors in Super League, should I say, uh, in rugby league generally that have come in in recent years. I don't need to name names. We know the ones. Um, compared to those, just incredibly astute. He comes across incredibly professional. He does. And um, and I know I noted it to you as well. He says we. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Already. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Already ingrained. Um, yeah. Uh, he said, I mean, I think Cass led with the comment about it being in his blood and all that kind of stuff, which is, that was the fear, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Because um, it was mostly positive it was 90% positive when this original story started to kind of leak mm. uh, at the back end of November as you mentioned on, on Company's House and uh, someone tweeted us that evening yes. uh, I didn't actually see it the next morning but um, th- that tweet came through so don't miss a trick um, it, I, I learned that morning that you can get notifications for a Company's House <laughs> I'll be putting those on uh, going forward uh, so people were very much on it uh, when he was um uh, confirmed as a, a as a director um, yeah. and obviously a, a person of significant control, I believe uh, is is the term. Um, 
but there was a fear, as I say. 80% of people thought, right, money, 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 let's go. <laughs> Quite rightly, fair enough. But 20%, and myself included, I think we all did a little bit. We knew the only thing we knew about Martin Jepson at that point, so we've heard him speak today, was that obviously he's the face of Ergo real estate. Yep. You hear the term real estate and you know alarm bells. We've talked about it many times on the podcast. <laughs> yes, we want investment, but the one thing we want to avoid is selling the one proper asset that a club actually has, which is obviously the ground. Uh, and more, more importantly, the land it sits on, which obviously you could put X amount of houses on. Um, so, many. so that was the fear. Um, the fact he, he literally what he's made his money in essentially in real estate and kind of developments and those kind of things. So naturally there's some caution there. Um, but having listened to him speak, he is either Oscar winning. <laughs> he really, performance, yeah. He's either absolutely just a phenomenal liar, a phenomenal actor. Or he's genuine, and I'm pretty sure he's genuine based on what I've just heard there. Anyone name dropping, not even Malcolm Reilly, but like Dennis Hartley in his interview with JD there. That's a proper cast name, you know, from the, from back in the day. Name dropped, obviously, being uh, wanting to go to the 69 Cup final. The first memory is being 70 because he was too young. Yeah. Very real anecdotes, <laughs> very real stories of a, a lad who, who grew up in Cal, born in Garforth, but very much grew up in, in and around Cass. His family still lives in Cass. Or elements of it too, anyway. And they hear that. I mean, after everything we've been through as a club for 25 years of my time and beyond, to hear a millionaire say things like that, that, it was a bit, it, it was a bit bewildering, wasn't it? Let's be fair. Yeah, and obviously we've heard, we've obviously seen his neighbours over at Common yeah. get a new owner this off season. Obviously, they're unveiling their new stand very shortly. Obviously, I think it's due to open sometime in the in the new year. Yeah, and it, they've got kind of a real good feel good factor kind of floating around the place. And in a little bit, it felt like we were met, even though they they obviously got relegated this year. It felt like we were maybe going to be left behind a little bit. Yeah, chasing his tails on stuff and really needing these stadium upgrades to come in or and a good season on the field to kind of confirm his status for next year for in Super League for the year after. But that seems to have disappeared a little bit now with obviously Martin coming in with this amount of investment and to hear him talk not just about, oh, I'm going to buy Caelan Ponger and yeah. Latrell Mitchell and we're going to stomp to league title and it's job done. No, he's really talking about the infrastructure side of things mentioned the stadium improvements, mentioned ticking off those boxes to make sure we've got those points in the grading when the grading comes around. Yeah. You you mentioned it very much an adult adult vibe in that and it's just it's very refreshing to hear a very sensible man who has got plenty of money and has obviously been a very, very successful businessman in his time, wanting to come and then almost probably take on a new challenge. Yeah, yeah. But also, almost, it almost feels like, and I'll read one of the quotes, and the quote was, uh, I just felt that the club needs some investment. The town needs the club to be in Super League, and I would regret it if I didn't take the chance to help the club along the journey. It feels like a challenge. It feels almost like a calling, doesn't it, really? Yeah. That he feels like this is, and he's right. I think he mentioned in one of the interviews that, if not now, maybe never. You know, yeah. that, that yeah. is really one of those situations. Cause that's, 
obviously the case. You know, that really is. Um, yeah, you talk about that was the bit that really well, I say it was the bit, it was most of the interview to be fair, mm. but that's what really kind of encouraged me. The fact that he's not coming in and saying we're gonna win the league in three years. I, I don't want I don't want some I, really, if we've got his head screwed on, we don't want that. We don't want someone coming in and saying, I'm gonna promise you X, Y, and Z. You want someone who understands the playing field now. And yeah. the playing field, whether you want it or not, is IMG. And you can tell straight away is used in terms like stadium utilization. Yeah. <laughs> he's read that guidebook. Yeah. He's read yes. the he's read the criteria. He knows what's going on. He's very switched on to it. He knows what is needed. He knows what the priorities are in the next twelve months, which is very much get the get the points required uh, to be in Super League in twenty twenty five. Um, we mentioned the fact they were on company's house early doors was to make sure he was in the. Um, 2023 uh, financial year, which means that'll count towards next season. Mm-hmm. Um, the investment, the fact it's seven figures. Um, we do know because it's been reported that it's split over two years at least. So, quick maths is at least 500k. Uh, that, that he's put in that would give you the maximum points for own investment. Uh, going into the 2025 season, massive that's 0.5 points. We simply did not score. Exactly. Um, and we know as of today as well, we're knocking around 12.91. So straight away with 13.4. Straight away that would I think leapfrog to lose or be very, very close to. In fact, no, definitely leapfrog to definitely lose. Leapfrog. Um I think Lee obviously gonna teams are gonna move up and down. Don't get me wrong, it's not gonna look the same, that league standing, but it's a very, very good start in terms of getting us where we need to be. And in that 12, obviously the next stage is stadium. It's the first thing he says. He wants to get that stadium development sorted. He seems very switched on to obviously what's going on with the actual axiom development. Kept his feet on the ground there. I think he's mm-hmm. right. He's clearly aware of the planning process, clearly aware that there is a meeting, hopefully in in January. But I think he's you know, I think very cautious of it because he's a cast fan. Yeah. <laughs> so he has to be. Yeah, I mean, he's one of, by the sound of it, he's very much one of us. So mm-hmm. naturally he's skeptical of it. Why wouldn't you be? Um so he's very much looking at plan B as far as I can tell uh, and getting that, getting that extra point sorted. The fact that he's so switched on to all this IMG stuff is very aware of what needs to be done to secure our Super League spot in 2025, knows the ins and outs of it. And after knowing all that is still willing to commit a million quid to the club, at least that is the most positive news we could ever hear, isn't it? 100%. So that means that means he's confident. Yeah. Deep down, you might not be, you might not be brazen about it, but that's a sign of real confidence. Putting your money where your mouth is oh. is real confidence. And he's it's not been a process that's been done over the space of a couple of days. No, this has been a process that's been going on for months. So obviously, he'll have had plenty I think, of discussion. I think Gratton, I think Gratton says six months uh, yeah. in the statement. So that's that's just got to show. So Martin will have done his a lot of research, will have sat down with Mark and Ian and spoken about plans and obviously this development with the the stadium. This is where we're at with the planning permission for the axiom development and getting the stand full, fully redeveloped and will have probably seen multiple times plan B that's probably been changed 10, 15 times in the space of six months because yeah. we'll have had to kind of adapt and figure out what investment we've got and what money we've got put aside and obviously we'll have, we'll have probably dangled the carrot if we get your money we can do this 
and probably tried to tease him in a little bit. Um, so it's it's it won't have been a decision that Martin's jumped into without doing his research and without really putting some thought behind it and really thinking, right, I can really make a difference here and I can really make sure that this club is secure in Super League yeah. for the foreseeable. So you've just got to think he's not going to be a stupid man to have been so successful in the real estate world. Yeah. Especially down in London. So, I mean, look, we we speak as two lads from around here. Yeah. I mean, how many people do you know from around here? I know it's a slightly, I know we're a different generation, but to be honest, it makes it even more ludicrous, to be fair. How many people do you know around here who've gone to London at a relatively early age? And gone on to be multi-millionaires. Yeah, he, not he's, he's not daft. No, he's not <laughs> daft. He's not daft. had a similar upbringing to everyone around here, and he's made a proper, proper go at it. And if he's going to say, if his words in these interviews are going to be stability and foundations and all those kind of things, we listen. <laughs> we we listen because this is the man who knows what he's talking about. Um. As you say, a really, really difficult industry to make money in yeah, as well. Um, not at all, not at all. Uh, JD in his interview did allude to the fact that obviously, as we mentioned, his industry is along the lines, uh, the kind of industry we need to be mixing in, at uh, the very least, obviously with the development, whether it be the plan B or or the full-on uh, new stand development and all that kind of stuff. And he did, did kind of say that although he's not directly involved in that, he knows people. <laughs> he got, can got be involved. <laughs> and let's be honest, he's going to have more knowledge than what's currently at the club in, in the, these things. So well, brains are everything sometimes. Knowledge is power, so they say. Exactly. And I think that could be massive as well. Can he pull some strings behind the scenes? Hopefully. I think certainly in terms of the plan B aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, I can't see why not. The thing with millionaires, this is the other thing as well. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I'm very, very glad that Martin's here, <laughs> frankly. And yeah. if it's just Martin, it's just Martin. And that's absolutely fine by me. I talked in episode one about Hulk AR, right? Hulk AR brought in two or three, I think, in quite quick succession uh, to bring money in from various sectors. The thing with millionaires is they have millionaire friends. <laughs> so oh, yes. this is not necessarily it either. Don't get me wrong. It may, but I mean, it may be, and that's absolutely fine if so. But even in terms of sponsors and all that kind yeah. of thing, sponsors help with the ground, wherever it might be, contacts are absolutely vital. And is he going to be bringing more people up from down south to games now that he's more involved than just a sponsor? Probably. That ain't a bad thing. None of it's bad. None, none of him being involved uh, is bad. And like I say, I think as soon as people got over that initial fear and realised that actually this is a proper cast fan. I'm struggling to find any kind of negatives with this uh, at all. The thing that got me, um, he was asked again about how many games he'd attend this year and stuff like that. And he was talking about how many he got to this year. I thought he was going to say like one. He'd been to like six. (laughs) I was like, fair enough. Fair enough. He kept making an an effort to say that he always tries to get up to as many games as possible. And I'm sure I'm thinking, I don't know if it was the JD one or the, the club one, he said he brought a few friends up from London already and yeah. uh, introduced them funny. to... He said it was funny, didn't he? Yeah, he said it was <laughs> quite reactions. funny. Their reactions, obviously, to our, our game that we think we just take as normal. 
I'm sure those guys have maybe watched like only football and maybe a bit of rugby union. Mm. So the introducing him to rugby league and probably introducing him to the jungle, <laughs> mm. which is an experience within itself. Uh, and our, our wonderful fans and their amazing atmosphere. We'll say that because we can't talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that was fun. One yeah. one thing, just kind of additional. Go for it. It didn't mention recruitment. Didn't mention kind of getting involved in the uh, playing squad. He's there not going to be one. There is one quote in the Yorkshire Post article, which has been pointed out to me, which is fair point, and he says. It was, I think he was asked about it by O'Brien by looks things, yeah. and he did mention that due to his investment, it, it kind of it, it doesn't seem like he's, he's focusing on it very much. But he says, yes, theoretically the club can pay the the club can spend the salary cap because obviously we aren't currently. Yeah. Um, and he is, you know, he, there is a focus on creating a um, well, a competitive playing squad, of course. Yeah. But he was very vocal about the current playing squad as well as he should be. That's, that's what I heard. That's the only thing I sort of heard about it. Was... I didn't see the quote about the salary cap until about two minutes before we started yeah. recording. In yeah. fairness, because um, it wasn't in the interview, uh, it was just in the Yorkshire Post article. But um, so he has he has alluded to the salary cap and potentially spending up to it. Maybe obviously next season it won't be this season. Sense. But yeah, it's not a focus for him. Uh, the playing side of things is not a focus for him. He says, I think he said. They've got people for that. Yeah. <laughs> you do. That, that's yeah. it. Again, it, it's the mistakes previous owners or investors, etc., have made getting too involved. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, he's not a coach. He's not a, a rugby league recruiter. Clearly, he's got he's got things in very very different pies. He's a he's an expert in various industries, but he he's an expert in those industries. He's not an expert in picking players left, right, and centre. And he's willing to leave that to the experts. Exactly. That's how exactly. it should be. Yeah. And like I say, he knows the playing field. We know. Do we agree with it? No. But the field you're playing on, the stands you're playing in front of right now in our situation are more important than the team on the field. And I know and I understand people don't agree with that. I don't. But it's what we're at, isn't it? It's the situation we're at. And the fact he's on board with that and the fact that that's his intention, the fact he wants to build the ground, he wants to sort the ground out first and the infrastructure and all that kind of stuff before the playing staff... I completely get it. Completely get it. 100%. That's how we're going to succeed. Long term, yeah. Past this generation of players. Yeah. End of day, this play, we've seen it. This playing squad looks completely different to what it did five years ago. Off the field, we look very similar to what we did five years ago. Yeah. And that's when you look around the stadium, the facilities, and we know obviously quite a lot of the staff. They haven't kind of grown any any in size. All kind of infrastructure behind the scenes is still very similar in terms of I mean, without are. knowing it's probably shrunk, isn't it? So yeah, it's probably a, because I mean the the sport has yeah um, with, so, with know, COVID and everything and yeah. So if there's a potential to invest in staff off the field, I'm sure it'd be very welcomed. Um, I know they've got a I believe a, a marketing and event exec job up at the moment. So any budding marketing geniuses yeah, out there. Get your CVs in there. I think it's on LinkedIn, just so I can point you all in the right direction. Um, so I feel like that's a positive if they can grow off the field more as much as they can on the field. Obviously, we all want to see them make the playoffs, win, win trophies. That's the ultimate goal of every rugby league team. 
But if we can survive and look solid for 10, 15 years and grow in, into the shape of these teams that we probably look up to when we're obviously thinking of lead rhinos with their amazing facilities at Headingley now, mm. youth systems that are producing players at an un- unbelievable rate. I I think we'd all love to be like that. That's the aim, isn't it? Oh, that's exactly. the goal. Yeah, I completely agree. That's the goal for... And again, it's that word patience, isn't it? It's not an all yeah. happen two years. It's not all yeah. happen three years. It's like going to hopefully happens in twenty thirty, really, and um, and hopefully Martin's around for a, a good chunk of that, if not all of it. And yeah, I mean that's it. It's just about setting expectations to this. And it's going to take a little while, but he, he's steady. He, he seems steady. He's yeah. talking about stability, and it's just about putting those kind of building blocks in place, getting us where we need to be. Um. So yeah, we we can't view this as although it's easy to get it's very easy to get carried away isn't it of course it is because you hear money you hear seven figures you go oh my god <laughs> you, start, you start putting your fantasy team together in your head I get, I get it <laughs> but that's not what this is about and that's what it shouldn't be about either because that's not sustainable you, that, that's not what this is about and we had a comment a really kind of harmless comment as well from there, Dean Chamberlain I know he's listened to the podcast uh, a few times I've seen him in the comments uh, thanks a lot for that Dean uh, he said and I quote um, do you think and I'm not getting too far ahead of myself does this mean we could use our marquee signing option in future if we needed to? Just a thought. And the thing with there, Dean, is you've made the, the fatal error of saying, I'm not getting too far ahead of myself, and then you got too far ahead of yourself. Got too far ahead. <laughs> and, uh, we spoke about Shot that. From the stats. We spoke about that on Twitter, and I, I completely understand why you said it. It's, yeah. But yeah, that's not the priority. It can't be. It can't be. I mean, we're, we're spending about, God knows how much under the cap. They don't even think about spending above the cap. Um but it's what you do, isn't it? I think we're, we're sports fans and that that's completely understand Dean's point of view because you hear money and you go, and again, we're, we're playing in a very weird league at the minute because mm. nothing else is really like this at the minute in this IMG era. If this had been five years ago, I'd have probably gone, yeah, because <laughs> that's the way it'll probably stay in Super League. Um, probably not so much now. Uh, and that's just that's just what it is. Um just a few more points for, before we get off because it's running quite late uh, <laughs> as we're recording this on, on Thursday evening. Um, his connection with the fans I thought was really interesting and really something he, in both interviews, focused on a lot. Um, one that tells me that, well, absolutely proves he's indeed a fan himself and gets it because why else would you not? Yeah, it just it just proves how switched on he is, and also again the IMG stuff. He knows how important the fan base is going to be. That's a very you could tell as although he was saying it as a fellow supporter, you could tell the cogs were wearing as well. Uh, what he's saying about the fans, and straight away it's like, oh yeah, but we need something okay, yeah. and we need stage mutualization, as I said, and very very switched on straight away, very astute. But he's right, he's right, and ultimately we need to get behind this now. It's all well and good as being excited on this podcast and excited on Twitter, but. You know, we really have to get behind this. Um, just a quick point on the offer that he's putting in straight away, straight off yeah. the bat. Uh, he, he's putting the fans first, really, with the, with the first game, the Wigan, the Wigan offer. I believe uh, three people can go with a member, for thirty quid. Yeah, ten pound uh, ticket. Yeah, and more to the point, he's subsidising the difference, which is he we've is. done offers like that before, but I don't know. Yeah. If that's been the case, we'd probably run it at a loss, I would assume, or we'd worked out a way to do it some other way. The fact he's subsidising the loss so the club ain't going to take a loss on that no matter what, and he literally just wants to pay in order to get 10000 in the ground. That's enormous, isn't it? Incredible. 
it's absolutely incredible to be fair because it's showing, as you say, he understands how important it's going to be to get fans through the gates. Yeah, we spoke about we spoke we spoke about it at length in different in different podcasts, saying a good run of form and we'll hit that seven and a half k because that's we've seen that trend multiple times over the over the last few years when we're going well, we've got eight thousand easy. Yeah, but at the moment where. First game, you've probably got a little bit more interest anyway. Yeah. Because we'll have had no rugby for a number of months. Mm. You've got a new team already, which we are at the moment. It's We're an unknown quantity. Everybody will have that bit of optimism. But obviously now with every game being live-streamed, and this might quell some of the worries that people have of, oh, well, every game's on TV, nobody's going to come to the ground. We know that's not the case from evidence from other other leagues and other sports. Yeah, but you've got even more of, a, of an incentive to go down to that first game to watch it in person. Now the fact that you can get such a cheap ticket, yeah, 100%. and it, it's the guy that's now coming in and already invested investing over a million pound, putting even more money, putting his hand in his pocket even more to help out the club to make sure that we hit those targets and. I can't see any way we don't get ten thousand at that Wigan game. I'd be amazed. I'd be amazed. It'd be a bit shock. Shock, really. Yeah. So I know I've got mates that are already asking me for if I'm getting them, so they they can just give me a tenner to go. I mean, I, yeah, between me and my dad, I think I can give six. So just yeah. tweet the podcast, I suppose. <laughs> if you want one. a few. <laughs> so it's it's going to be a very successful thing and potentially this could be something that they maybe run a couple of times throughout the year. Well, it's one I... of the things, isn't it? If we need, I think it's a little bit high. I think it's like 7.7, I think we might need yeah. just to boost up the average, average overall. But I mean, that's that thing, isn't it? If you can get 10,000 through the gate week one, it's one down 12 to go, isn't it? I mean, it's straight away you're on the, on the right path and then it's just about managing the fact it. We've, the fact we've got a backer now with a bit of cash as well who's capable of doing this. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to ask for too much from him, ultimately, because you know, no. we'd, we'd be grateful for everything, everything you can get. But you'd like to think as well, say we're in a situation with a couple of games left, or the final, say it's the final home game and we need to hit 8-4. Could we do something similar? Yeah, Maybe. Probably. We probably to will. Have, to have the option of that, to have the option of someone at yeah. the club with some cash and willing to spend um, is massive. Uh, is absolutely massive. Um and it's just, yeah, if that's what it takes to get Cass into Super League in 2025, which is ultimately going to be so, so important, then it feels like Martin Jepsen is going to do, by in his, in his own words, everything, everything he can, everything he possibly can in order to get us there. And that is, I mean, compared to just 24 hours ago, that is absolutely enormous, yeah. isn't it? I think um, um, our safety in Super League, if it happens, fingers crossed it happens, a lot of it's going to come down to Martin's investment. I don't want to call him a saviour of the club already, but I mean, it's technically only been announced for like, what, four hours? <laughs> I'm already working on his statue, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but we're not getting carried away. But No, we're not getting carried away at all. But no, but the investment's going to have a big impact. It, obviously, we spoke about it. The investment already gets us half a point. Yeah. He's going to have a big help in getting us extra stadium points. He's going to have this... He's got subsidising this ticket deal, which is one helping us not lose money, but also helping us increase the attendance. 
mm-hmm. which results in even more points yeah. on the IMG scale. So it's, well, it's, the, it's that's that it's amazing, isn't it? And like because even if there's some knocker, because there will be, because yeah. there always is, because it's rugby league, there'll be non-cast fans going, "Oh well, yeah, you've had to rely on this fella." Look at all. Look at what IMG regard as a Grade A club. Yeah. Right. Because there is what seven. Yes. What do they all have in common? Nice big financial backer. Yes. Hundred percent. Every single one of them has got money at the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because Hull KR would not have been a Grade A club without the investment they've recovered in the no. last couple of years. Hull FC have still got money at the top. Leeds we now have obviously Warrington have got mega 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 money. Wigan Saints and Catalan's been a glass. Yeah. A fair bit of cash as well. A little bit. Yeah, that, it's 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 the way of the world. Look at the Premier League; it's the exact same yeah. thing. And look, the fact we've been able to float <laughs> as long as we have, to be honest, is probably testament to a few. And I know some fans will just don't want to hear that, and whatever. Yeah. But it is, it, it is, is testament that we've been able to float without that. We are pretty much the only club who've, who've managed to do it without any own investment over the last ten years. Grant said as much. Yeah, and. You know, obviously, Ian and Janet as well. Uh, Ian and Janet thought now they've given up some of their shares because this is not an issue of shares. This is not a fresh one. Um, the reason Martin has 32% uh, of the club, that 32% of the club has presumably come from 16% each or whatever way they've kind yeah. of worked it out. So it's, it's come directly from them. So they've been willing to kind of give up their uh, portion of the club in order to make this happen. And like I say, no matter what happens with the Fultons, uh, whether this is whether that remains the case, the three ways for a long, long time, whether this does turn into a long-term takeover, who knows? He's not ruled it out in the press. He's also not said it's going to happen. So I know a lot of people assume that's the case, not necessarily the case. And I don't think that's anything that has to be rushed anyway. No. But um, we'll cross that bridge whenever we have to come to it. But I mean, the Fultons, again, we've spoken before, haven't we, about the comments about the Fultons on social media and that. And I understand that some people have only been supporting the club for five, six years yeah. and don't know the history. If it wasn't for the surname Fulton, there wouldn't be a club. We wouldn't have no. this podcast. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So I'll, I won't hear anything against them, to be honest with you, to that degree. Um, unless someone comes at me with some real cold, hard facts yeah. <laughs> of why I, why I should call them out, which yeah. is yet to happen. Um, I won't hear too much on that, on that way, to be honest. But yeah, it's the way of the world. If you want to succeed in sport, in professional sport, it's very difficult to make profit. And when you do make profit, you're meant to invest it. So you need someone with a fair bit of cash at the top to keep things rolling. And that is potentially what we have, uh, which is absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, my final point on fans is obviously he kind of put he kind of lays down the gauntlet a little bit uh, in one of the interviews, which I think is absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, obviously, the ticket offer, as we said, but. Yeah, buy memberships. That's uh, basically what he said. Yeah. Go out there, get the season tickets. I can say, as someone who's got a season ticket, I know you have as well. Yeah. So we're not going to preach from <laughs> unconverted. But um, what I would say is, without this news, if this was just a podcast on the IMG grade, for example, uh, and this had not happened, and obviously we know what the squad is next year, we're excited about it, but we also know for as young and athletic and hungry they are, they're also unproven and they're also not expected to do much and et cetera, et cetera. It will be a lot harder selling it next season to someone on the fence. Would you agree? It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It would be without today's news, going to someone who goes to some games, but not all of them. And it's a little bit fair weather, really convincing them that actually, no, no, you, next season should be the one you get a membership for. 
it'd be a tricky one, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned it when you also look at what's going on at other clubs in and around us and see them getting investment, them getting new stands, them flying with memberships because yeah. there's a bit of feel good and they've sort of turned a corner. Before today, it was seeming like we were a little bit stuck in the mud. Yeah. Yes, the new signings have come in. Yes, we're going to look a bit different next year. But you're not necessarily sat there going, we're going to be a lot better than we were last year. You say they're improving. There's a lot of question marks around this squad. It's a coach that's done it really well in the championship, not taking any, anything away from Craig Lingard. He's done a lot in the championship. We're not a lot at Batley. Can he translate that to Super League? We don't know. Got Danny Maguire, who for so long was the opposition. He's now as an assistant coach, which I'm still a bit unnervy of. It's still weird seeing him in cast gear. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's like seeing Shenny and Pauly in Wakefield gear. Just looks And he's odd. trying, but that smile's still not fully. Yeah, out, Mags, come on. Mags <laughs> he's trying, smile. though. He's trying. <laughs> you've, got, you've got black and amber on now. Just smile. It's, it's almost blue and amber, but it's black. Come on. Yeah. Put a, crack a smile for us. But yeah, it's this news is the feel-good that we needed in this off-season, especially coming up to Christmas. It's almost like a nice little Christmas present, as little, as little Christmas bonus as Cass fans. I think yeah. it's, it's come in the shape of a, a real estate mogul with a million quid to pump into club. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's that, that's it. I think the last thing you can say to those fans that are like on the fence, which is obviously what we need to appeal to, we need to get them through the gate, we need to get them memberships is, I think you nailed it there. I think up until today, we were asking them to buy into the unknown. Yeah. Really. We were asking them to buy in and pay 260 quid or whatever it is into something where we really don't know what we're going to get. And the likelihood is it's not necessarily going to be a playoff team. No. Could be, but not necessarily. Um, whereas I think today, although the team remains the same, the coach remains the same, the assistant coach remains the same, etc., etc., and the ground to a, to an extent will remain the same next year. I think all of a sudden, you're asking fans to buy into something a bit bigger. You're asking fans to buy into something that actually, actually, no, this might have a future. Actually, no, there is something to actually look ahead to. You're not asking them to buy into just the team. You are maybe today asking them to buy into the club. Yeah. And it feels like that's been a long time coming and probably hasn't happened probably since, I say 2017, maybe even before that, before to be honest that. with you, because I feel, I feel like that was the team, wasn't it? They were buying into the team. It wasn't what the club stood for, really, even back then. No. All of a sudden, it feels like there's someone there who wants to really put that, yeah, what the club stands for back into it. Um, And that's massive. I would love to see, because uh, I know they put a plug for the memberships out after uh, the interview with Martin. I would love to see if there's been a spike today, and I suspect there has been. And um, if we can do a similar Wakefield graphic, that'd be, yeah. <laughs> that'd be nice if there's been a nice little spike around these next couple of days. But yeah, it, it, bigger than bringing in Danny Maguire, bigger than bringing in any, any signings, this feels like the biggest signing in yeah. a long, long, wow. long time. And as I say, I, th I think all of a sudden we can, yeah, those people on the fence, you, you can go in with a bit more confidence now. You can go, you can go in with a bit, bit more brashly and go, actually, no, no, you should get a membership. Like you, you don't have to be sheepish about it anymore. You can go, actually, no, you really can buy into what we're doing next year. Yeah, I think that's all we've got time for, isn't it? 
And I think that's a nice place to end it. <laughs> that's one, yeah. The fans have been asking for investment. Well, today you got a, a lot of investment from the club, from outside the club. You're looking for new owners. Well, you've got a new part owner. The club's clearly been, as they've been telling us, looking for investment. We've got it. It's it's here. So we can go into 2024 with a nice little feeling. Absolutely. And about six months ago is about when I started doing the podcast. So I'm going to take credit for it. We, we, <laughs> we. I have a say in this. <laughs> You're episode two, mate. You do a lot of work. You do way, way more work than me. I'd never take any claim. You know, I, I, I always downplay. You're very much a part of this podcast, mate. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah, we are taking credit for this. Absolutely. Uh, so I, ju- I just need to hear it from the horse's mouth. I just need to hear Martin Jepson say, yeah. I listened to the Kivecast and I yeah. thought, now is the time. These That's two, all I want to hear. <laughs> these two lads that have started this podcast have really convinced me to put my money into club. There we go. Adam put this team together. I thought, oh, that'd be brilliant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't quite get everybody, but they did a great job on recruitment. We'll we'll see what we can do next year. <laughs> In my head, that's what happened anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you all very much for listening. Uh, I've enjoyed this episode. It's uh, just a mad day. Yeah, a bit of a weird feeling. But um, yeah, we want to get this episode out for you tonight uh, while it was still, still fresh. Uh, there will be some episodes for you. Ahead of Christmas, we're recording this on the 7th. There's a few weeks left yet, uh, so we'll get a couple in the bank um, before that. Hopefully some exciting ones. Uh, we don't know for sure what's going to be uh, on the agenda, but hopefully um, some some good ones. Some good ones. I'm confident there's some, some, some good ones, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, thank you all for listening. Have you got any parting words? Looking like 2024 is uh, going to be a great year. I'll take that. Kaif. <laughs>